How's everybody doing today? So sit back. It's your relax. host, Steven Salinas, and you're listening to Political, Political Brew. Hit the record button, man. Let's get this going. Good afternoon, this is Steven Salinas and you're listening to Political Brews. I have a special guest today. He put me through a ringer, I'm not going to lie. I got my buddy, Rudy Valenzuela. Yeah, Valenzuela. Valenzuela. Uh, he is the uh, owner and, uh, and head coach at Weapons at Hand. So Rudy, uh, give us a little, a little background about yourself, bud. Uh... Born and raised, Corpus Christi. I uh, went to Prescott Elementary. Um, still live in Corpus Christi. Um, head coach of uh, Weapons at Hand, Mixed Martial Arts Academy. Um, that's my day in and day out. I, that's my baby. So so before we get this started, uh, we're going to... I usually ask my my guests, you know, what 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 their favorite drink is or what they like to, you know, take a sip of while they, we do the podcast. And uh, my buddy here, he hit me with the big one. He got that rumplemin. So we're about to take a shot uh, for for the uh, for the show. So I'm gonna get mine. Rudy got his. Cheers, Cheers, man. To a good episode. Here we go. Blast off. <laughs> <coughs> Oh yeah, Ugh. I don't know how that is your drink of choice, my friend. It gets me where I want to be fast. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I ride the lightning quick. So I guess that can be a uh, a pretty good definition of, of of the lifestyle choices that you pick for your occupation. It's kind of like a fast life in a sense, right? Um, I guess it it can be um, right. It, it it can be it has it has those fast times it has the slow times it um there's not really an off season i guess if that's what you what you mean by fast times you know fighting doesn't have an off season martial arts uh in general for for what i do i i teach day in and day out um we don't have an off season so it's not like baseball you know it's yeah. you know it's a summertime thing or fall thing and then it doesn't happen until next year you know what i mean so so <clears throat> So you're the, the the owner of Weapons and Hands. You've been you've been around MMA, kickboxing, just mixed martial arts, uh, majority of your life. What? How did you get started in it? How did you come up, come around to it? Like, what what was the uh, deciding factor that you knew that this was going to be your life? The choo- the choice that you were going to do in your in your life. Well, <clears throat> actually, getting started. Um, was because my, my brother, Randy, who has his own academy out in Austin, uh, Austin Kickboxing Academy, um, he was actually training at Weapons at Hand before I started. <clears throat> and uh, I was, you know, the, the closest as far as age to him. And so he would ask me to go in the backyard and he would spar with me and pretty much he would just kick my ass. <laughs> and, uh, and then I was just like, man... You know, I need to. I need to learn. You know, I want to learn how to do this stuff too. So, I picked up. I uh, went to the same gym. I joined the gym, and then, I mean, it was just uh, going in there to learn and get in shape is what it started off being. <clears throat> and then, I got asked uh, by uh, my instructor or owner mentor, uh, Stacy Jorgensen, if I wanted to fight, and I was like, well, I, you know, I guess you think I can fight? He's like, yeah, and so. 
I, I started fighting, you know, it just, it just kind of fell in my lap. I guess I was getting good and I didn't realize that I was getting that good. And yeah. from there on out, I just I stayed in love with, I've stayed in love with it. I'm in love with martial arts. So, you know, you're, you're in it and, and you're starting to fight. What, what mentality, because I have, I've had a few uh, of, actually I've had a few of your fighters on my podcast and so now we get to dive into the, the, the coaching aspect and, and, and the, you know, do you spend a lot of time like um, watching film on other fighters? Do you like what is the, the mindset that you, you like game plan, I, I guess, in a sense, like when you're preparing for, for a fight? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely game plan, <coughs> game plan for my fighters. I watch I watch a lot of fights of, of my fighters opponents um but uh i don't know if this is something i'm pretty sure this is something a lot of other coaches do but i watch i watch uh my fighters fights also Mm -hmm. because i like to try to coach against them i don't tell them you know when we go into training camps i'm i'm i've looked at this i've looked at that or whatever and i but if i was a coach against them i I would try to i would want to know what i would do to try to beat that fighter right yeah. So <clears throat> I study my fighters' fighters that they're going to be competing against, and I study study my fighters. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 hand in hand, and it it keeps me on my toes. It keeps them on their toes. But um, I've, this is probably the first time I've ever <laughs> I've actually even said that I study my own fighters' fights. Um, and so now That's they're pro- now they're probably going to be asking, "Oh, what what did you see? What do you, you yeah, know?" Yeah, like because because that's actually a pretty good little mind like. I guess perspective on how to do it, right? Like that's I, I never thought of it that way. Like that's actually a pretty good uh, indication of okay. So let me see the main possible holes that I can see in my fighter, and then go from there. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Uh, you know, I just I don't I I really don't know where I got that from. Um, I, it just it just felt like it was something I needed to do, and I so I started doing it, and uh, this uh, probably started and it's. Since I've been a head coach, it's probably been 11 or 12 years, somewhere around there. And it probably started around 11, 10 years ago that I was like, you know what? I'm going to start looking at my fighters' fights. Because um, I remember specifically uh, Elias uh, Garcia, uh, he goes by or went by the nickname Smash. Yeah. Uh, he had a big fight coming up. Uh, his first televised fight is for Legacy. He was fighting Matt, Matt Schnell, who, who's a UFC fighter right now, ranked. I, I don't know how far up he was, he's ranked, but... He just had a good win last week, matter of fact. Uh, but anyways, uh, I was studying for his fights, and I went all the way back to Matt Schnell's uh, amateur fights. I mean, this guy was already pro for I don't, I don't know how many years, but I went back all the way to his amateur fights, and I watched each one of those fights up until the fight that he was going to have with Elias, and I looked at the tendencies that he had from then to up to that point, and I was like, okay, he's been doing this since his amateur days he's not going to fix it in time for Elias's fight so so what what was one of those tendencies if you don't mind me asking um one of the big things is that uh he he would keep his hands a little in front of his face and not block the overhands and so Elias went in and I had Elias throwing hooks and overhands to get around the guard and you can see in the in the fight like his the guy Matt's hands would go out in front and he was leaning back and he was just getting clobbered with these shots. And it was like, you know, Matt Schnell technically 
in that fight as a fighter probably should have beat Elias. Mm -hmm. But it was like that one thing that was like he just couldn't overcome. And then it just like it kept snowballed. It kept snowballing. You know, the first round, Snell had a good round. I think the second round, um, he ended up taking Elias's back and uh, hurt Elias's rib because he was trying to escape, I think is what happened. I remember Elias coming back to the corner and he's like, Coach, Coach, uh, my, 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 my rib, my rib, my rib. And I, I looked at Elias dead in his eyes and I kind of yelled at him. I was like, you don't need a fucking rib to win this fight. And he looked back at me and he said, yes, sir. <laughs> and that third round, he went out there and he just completely like obliterated Chanel and he won that round outright. And, you know, it was, it was a great victory for, for us, the team, yeah. for himself. And it catapulted him, you know. Yeah, it can, man. So... You've, you guys have, have, I'm not going to say groomed, but y'all have had a lot of fighters coming in and out of your gym, right? So what is the, like, because you've had people fight at the, at the beginning stages of MMA to all the way to the UFC. So what does that road look like and how is it when you get there? Like, like, like the, the, you know what I mean? Like you're at the big show, you're at UFC, like, what was that about? Like, that to me is one of the biggest, like, I don't know, man. It's like an aha, like I made it, right? It, it, it really was. Um, you know, I, I, re- I remember uh, getting the call from, from Roger. And he's like, we, we made it to UFC. And I was just like, I think I was kind of quiet. <laughs> and, and then I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, you know, hanging up, you know, and I was like, holy shit, we're really- we're really going to do this, you know what I mean? And then um, I remember our first time going over there and, and we were talking and he was like, you know, I, I want to act like, like like we've been there before. You know, I don't want to be like, you know, like we're rookies or newbies or whatever. But then the second time it was like, man, fuck that. We're like, this is it. like, we just, we are here, but it's like, we're going to soak it up and we're yeah. going to take it in. And it was like, you know, it, it, it was a fu- it was fun the second time, and the second time is when he actually got his win. Yeah. But man, we we worked hard for that. But it, yes, we worked hard. But Roger, in his own right, and just him personally, he is probably the hardest working fighter I've ever worked with. Yeah. He uh-huh. has the strongest mentality I've ever of, of of almost any of the fighters that I've ever had. But his willpower and his dedication to to his craft, it it. it and second to none. Yeah. And I tell these new guys coming up, like, you know, they see Roger for being the jiu-jitsu instructor, black belt, and, and how he is with teaching and instructing. And he he expects a certain uh, degree of, of uh, dedication and things like that mm-hmm. from the students, and rightfully so, because he is that way himself, right? But I tell these guys, like, you, you don't understand, like, what he did in order, one, to get there, but two to actually fight and do what he what it took to fight in the USC and to get that victory. That was a big time victory. Oh, yeah. And there's a picture um that's out there and I, and I and I have it but Roger celebrated, you know, when they when they made the victory. But in the background you see me jumping. My feet are in the air and I'm jumping because I'm so ecstatic for for the victory that that he had, but it was only because I know how hard we we worked and he worked to get that victory. So <clears throat> like you've been in the games since the beginning, right? Pretty much like do you see like a change in the fighters now to then or maybe like 
a different mentality or because everything is so projected on likes and views and you know what I mean so do you think there's a lot of people that might just act a certain way and they're really not that way or a lot of it can just be like do you think a lot of that gets in in the way of their training is what I'm saying um, from then into now so um, we we just me and our other head coaches me and the other head coaches which one is Roger, not Rice, and the other is Patrick Ibarra, um, you know, two of the other generals at the gym alongside with me. Um, <clears throat> a few months back, we had to have a sit-down with our amateur fighters because we felt like they, some of them, maybe not all of them, but we, we felt like some of them, their mentality, um, they were taking importance to things that we didn't feel were relevant to them fighting. Um, social media has a big thing to do with it picture taking, posting on Facebook, uh, asking about sponsorships, asking about making a walkout shirt. And, you know, Roger and Patrick came from a time when it was like, dude, we're here to fight, like we're fighting. And then the other stuff came along with it. Not, it, it wasn't expected, it, it came along with it. It was just kind of like the gravy on the, on the stage, Yeah, right? but man, you throw out Roger and I Rice's name, you throw out Patrick Ibarra's name, in the MMA world here for Corpus Christi and they're at the top of the top. Yeah, for so sure. So you would think back and be like, oh, those dudes deserved that, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, I, like they I, deserve I, a fight shirt. They yeah. deserve the accolades. That yeah. Come with it. Sponsors and yeah. things like that, right? But it wasn't expected in your first amateur fight, yeah. you know, and that's, yeah. you know, I or second amateur fight. But nowadays, it, it, it kind of is that way. And, and so, and so I, so that's that's a that's one of the eras. I came from an era before that mm-hmm. when there wasn't any social media. Yeah, there wasn't. I was literally going in the gym. Stacy Jorgensen, he was the head guy. He had a, he had a couple of other guys that were training with him, and they would train during the day by themselves. That was kind of like the fighters training, and I and I and I found out about it, and I was like, man, I want to do it. He's like, I will just show up and. I would just show up, but I was literally going in there to get my ass kicked yeah. so that I could get better. But I didn't have Facebook and Twitter and all this to say, "Oh, good training. I had hard training. <laughs> Stacy whooped my ass today. Yeah. I'll be back tomorrow." This and that and whatever. It uh-huh. was just, and to me, I was like, "Don't be a pussy. You got to show yeah. up tomorrow. Like, get your ass kicked. Don't be a pussy." And every day, I kept telling myself Dude, that that's funny. until I got to a point where I was confident. Yeah. That's hilarious that you say that, like, how you talk to yourself, like, don't be a pussy, don't do it. Because I'm like, dude, I was just telling my girlfriend the other day, like, she, she's like, we're talking about just doing just, you know, we go, like, you know, you work, you go work out, you, you, you know, like, and how you don't have the energy to do it. And she's like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I literally sit on the couch. I'm like, you need to go lift weights or you need to go to jujitsu, right? And it's like, oh, but I worked all day or I did this all day. It's like. Get the fuck up. Stop being a little bitch. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. stop being a pussy yeah. and get the fuck up. Right? I would, I would do that on my runs because, I, you know, back in my fighting days, I, I would run five miles every day. And I hated running. I absolutely hate running. But it was like one of those things. I knew I needed to do it, but I didn't need to be told I needed to do it. So I would go do it. But in the middle of those runs, I was like, oh, you're being such a bitch. Being such a bitch, you're running slow. And pick up the pace. And I'm like just talking to myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, dude... So for me, running, I can't. Like, I, I could do good maybe the first couple days. I'll, I'll be good. But the third day, 
fourth day, I'm running, and then I look where I already know I have to go, and I'm telling myself like, like I still gotta go all the way over there. <laughs> you have like checkpoints, and yes, it's like, dude. oh, I only it's, it's only gonna take me like five more minutes to get to this other point or uh-huh. this other. And so the 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 first gym where I had, um, we were we were on, um, uh, we were kind of near Baldwin area. And it was Louisiana, and Louisiana Street, the, that street would go all the way down to Ocean Drive. Mm-hmm. Then you cut that, and then there was a church there. And, and so I had certain checkpoints, like the church was a certain point to when I get back, it's that many miles. The next street was a certain <laughs> point to get back, and it's that many miles. And to pen, depending, like, if I had a fight coming up or if I, if I was just running to stay, you know, in shape, would determine which of those checkpoints that I was making myself go to and then coming back. Hell yeah, dude. So, so again, you're the owner of, of weapons at hand. How was that? Like, how did you, how did you, you, uh, you, you, cause being an owner is, is big time. And, and you, you went in and you were a student at first. And then you became the owner. So then all the pressure and all the everything is on you. How did you get it to where it is now? Because you've built it to to become a household name in Corpus Christi. Yeah. Um, well, I, <clears throat> I mean, Weapons at Hand was I, I I feel was already a household name back you know when I was training back when I was fighting. You know there was a few other schools around. There were you know extreme with with Robert Villegas. You know, mm-hmm. rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, Amer- the Amer- American Revolution came along, um, Full Contact Fight Academy with Hector Munoz, you know, but before them, you know, we had our school and then right around the boom, when the MMA boom happened with, you know, the Ultimate Fighter, yeah. all that happened, then it was like fighting was like a popular thing. So people were wanting to come in and train and fight. And we had a big fight team. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, these other schools had big fight teams and, uh, and so, you know, I feel like during that time, you know, we were already kind of a household name at that time, right? And then for some reason, they kind of hit like a little lull of training and fighting and, you know, UFC wasn't necessarily as popular. Now it's, you know, I feel like it's more popular to watch as far as in this area than it is to actually do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, fight, yeah, fight. Yeah. Fighting's a hurt business, man. It, it hurts, and, and it's just like the, you know, like they say, like boxing. It's a poor man's sport. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with you know the UFC and you know MMA in general. These guys, they don't get paid that much. But yeah. anyways, going off on a little tangent on, on, on that, but nah, go on. Um, <clears throat> so, like I said, we I felt like we were already a household name. Um, you know, I got I got put in the position to to take over the gym, and I took over it, and. Uh, Myself, I think I think, um, well, I know I'm I'm very modest, and so when I took over, it wasn't like I took over and I told the whole school like, I'm really I'm the I'm the owner now. I'm taking over. Stacy's stepping down. You know, I didn't do that for years. So for years, people didn't even know that. I think even now, people this will probably a lot of people are gonna be like, what? He's the owner? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't I don't go around saying I'm the owner and I'm, I, and I'm the this or I'm that. I'm, I'm just I just do what I do. You know what I mean? Like, that's I'm, I'm the instructor there. Like yeah. I, I teach there. I'm the head. I'm one of the head coaches there. You know. And you know what? I'll be honest, man. Uh, I went to uh, just to make double check when I was was gonna make my post, and I I texted you, hey, you're the sole owner, right? Because on your po- on your Facebook, it just says head head uh, head coach. Co- head coach. Yeah. So 
so that is, you know, that's very, you know, uh, I guess good character in a sense. Like you don't go boast. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't want people to know, you know, yeah. it was kind of, it would be kind of like if I won the lotto, I wouldn't want people to know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, straight up. But, you know, we, we, we have, like I, like I mentioned earlier, there's three generals in, in, in our gym, myself, Patrick and, and Roger, but Roger being, uh, you know, actually one of my, being my business partner now, you know, but it didn't, it didn't start off that way, you know, I, 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 I did have to rebuild the gym because the gym was at one point was only paying for itself. Yeah. There was no profit so, being made. Okay. So, so, you know, for people that out there that are maybe aspiring, they, they might see, you know, the, the UFC and they see fighters on Facebook, people, you know, and on Facebook, they always exaggerate and they always show the best of whatever they're doing. Right. But what is something that you could say to to an aspiring business owner that might be wanting to open up a gym, a school, or something in in the MMA industry that you might not know of until you're in the freaking midst of it? Um, you know what I mean, like I I, I mean for myself, um, I didn't realize how much uh, I wanted it or 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 actually loved it until I actually got into it mm-hmm. and then I got into it and it like took over my life yeah but it didn't it didn't take over my life for 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 the worse like I I love what I do I still love what I do I, I loved what I did back then but I didn't realize like it was just my cycle of life now like I would go to the gym I would teach I would whatever I'd come home I was watching fights I was studying fights and and even back then when I took over, it, it, was, it, is, it wasn't like it is now where you can just, like, everything is easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Techniques, yeah. fights, things like that. Like, even back, like I'm saying, like, there's, there's three eras of the fight game. Yeah. My first era, like, I would have to buy VHS tapes <laughs> of, like, K1 fights and yeah. things like that. And I would watch those. And um, that's how I would learn. Like, I would learn off of guys like Ernesto Hoos, Peter Arts. Uh, Andy Hu, uh, Ramon Deckers, like all these old fighters, but they were on VHS tapes. I had to buy them and watch VHS tapes in order to try to learn. (laughs) To learn? It wasn't like type in a technique and you go and look it up and it's there and like, boom, okay, I got it. So do you think that kind of waters down the, um, I guess, you know, when people come in to learn or they come in to come to your class and maybe they're... They're avid YouTube watchers, and they're and they're well. I know this move, and why don't you show me this? Or you know, do you ever get those kind of people? Um, I don't know that I that I've gotten them. I think there still is a little bit of level of respect for the coaches that are in a gym, right? Mm-hmm. But I do feel like there is a little uh, there is a little ego going on with these YouTube uh, this YouTube generation, yeah. where like they think they know more than you know, the instructors that are there and quite possibly that maybe they do. Yeah. Right. But you, you experience and, and life lessons and, and, and going and learning from direct instructors, you know, like, like Leo, like Aurelio, like, like Hector Munoz, like Rob Viegas back when he was there, you know, here, here, uh, Stacy Jorgensen. I mean, you, you can't put a price on that. No. Like, man. Yeah. So, and I was going to, uh, segue into into what I was going to tell you like so you put me through a a, a little little 101 right yeah. like level one <laughs> yeah <laughs> basic uh so yeah you so 
the thing that I pick up, and 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 this is also with jujitsu moves and 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 all that stuff on YouTube, is that I can go Google a jab and a one-two, right? But the little things that you were telling me, like like oh, you need to step your foot at ten o'clock when you're gonna throw this kick, or if you're gonna do this, hey, make 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 sure your hips come in, or you're you're throwing your shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and it's just like that in jujitsu. Like I, you could go Google a fucking you know, flying arm bar if you want, but, or this or whatever. But having a coach there to teach you the avenue to get there, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, you can't just pepper a bunch of fucking uh, moves together. They're not going to transition well, right? Yeah. So it's the same sense. For, I, I would take that for kickboxing and for boxing, right? Because I thought I knew <laughs> how to punch and how to kick, right? But you're like, okay. I don't want that. I want this. Okay, yeah. now now lead with your knee, and, and and I don't want a snapping kick. I want you to really drive and throw that kip in. Yeah. So that is what people need to understand is that that there's a level of understanding that comes with the, the years of service that you've been you know doing. Yeah, um, you know that getting in into that part, it's like uh, one of the things one of and, and I hate to like like drop a bomb on like like businesses, but it's like. We have like these uh, I love kickboxing places and and nine rounds or whatever, but it's like they they learn from videos and then they go and show all these people how to do this stuff from them learning from videos, having never and and, and granted some of the, some of those instructors they do actually train and have trained, but for the most part like they're watching videos and getting certified from a video and it's like mm-hmm. dude like you need experience like i feel like you need experience if you're gonna show a martial art like show it the right way show it you know what i mean it's just like boxing like show it the right way but then again you know you have cardio kickboxing classes where they're punching air and stuff like that and and so i mean i guess i guess to each their own but it's just i feel it's a little bit of slap in the face you know what i mean i i don't know if they've ever developed like a cardio jujitsu class but you know what i mean like that would be kind of that'd be kind of you know i feel like some of the actual jujitsu practitioners would be a little like oh that's a slap in the face yeah so i i do get so like taibo and all that shit right like people thought yeah you know but granted like you know like billy blanks like he was an actual martial artist he just Mm -hmm. turned it into kicking air and punching air you know right but if you're going to actually, if you actually want to learn how to do it correctly, it was like you were saying, like, you know, you threw a jab and you felt like you threw, you thought you know how to throw yeah, a jab. Seriously. And then I gave you 10 different things to <laughs> think about and, yeah. and do while you were doing it. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what up. I mean? And so that's, that's the value of having an experienced instructor there for you because they can break down all of your flaws that you have and help you, you know, get better. And I, and- to be honest, man, I'm not even going to lie to you, dude. Like, the way you coach or the way you instruct and, and the way you were talking to me, like, you kind of broke it down and you were kind of on my level. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you brought it to my level to the point where I felt I felt confident in what I was doing. And I also had that little, like, like, like want to now. Like, yeah. You know, like, like I want to go to a class now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I might want to go check this out. Yeah. Because... It's good to feel uncomfortable, you know. Yeah, you know, it it, it breeds uh, greatness, you know, mm-hmm. like that that like I was mentioning, like when I first started, like that I was uncomfortable, but that uncomfortableness made me thrive to want to be better, and it continually does to this day, you know. And uh, but 
I, I feel like uh, some of the generation now is so easy to quit on things and be like, mm-hmm. oh, it's hard. I don't want to do it. And then, you know, you got either they're old enough that they're able to just quit or their kids and they're like, oh, I just want to watch my, you know, my, my iPad or whatever or play yeah. video games. But, you know, I, I tell these parents is like, you know, when they're in, as far as martial arts is concerned, when they're here and they're doing it, you know, don't don't necessarily give them the opportunity to quit because that's going to follow them for the rest of their life. And that's what I say, man. Uh, you know, I'm a coach in the school setting. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I tell the students, you know, like, because I, I saw it growing up. Like, I had a friend that, you know, when the sport got hard, it was already, yeah, and it wasn't fun anymore, he would quit. Yeah. And every year, he would quit. It would be football. He would go all the way up to maybe six games and then quit. And basketball, you know, same thing. And even in life now, we're already in our fucking, we're still in our 30s. <laughs> I hold on to it, bro. My, my girlfriend gives me a lot of, a lot of slack about it, bro. Uh, I think, I think I appreciate my age now. I think I've, uh, I've already like come to the, come to grips that, I mean, I'm going to be 40 here in a couple months. But I come to grips with like, okay, I'm old, right? <laughs> but I like I mess with my wife and I tell her, I, I'm old as far as age is concerned, but I'm young at heart, and I still go, I still go harder than any of these little young bucks that oh, are out yeah. there. So hell yeah, man! Like straight up, dude, you, you, you drink rumple straight. <laughs> yeah, we're about to do another shot here. Let's do talking it. about that, right? Let's go. But like, so. Techniques have, have come and gone. You've seen, like, when Machida was coming up, you know, karate was real big, right? Um, there's a lot of kickboxers that are transitioning to MMA, right? Yeah, I mean, you got guys like Israel Adesanya, and, you and, know, they're, they're... And there's a guy that's actually coming to fight him now, right? Yeah, Alexandre Pereira or something yeah. like that. I and that's it. the only guy that knocked him out. Supposedly. Yeah, in kickboxing, he knocked him out, but, you know, it... Um, but even even somebody like like Israel Adesanya, you, you know, you look at the way he fights and his style. It's not uh, necessarily what you would say is a is a straight up kickboxer or whatever. Like he's like he's like brought different techniques into what he does and like completely evolved. Yeah. And I I love that. I love seeing that. I don't I, you know I, I I love martial arts to the point where like I like all styles and how to like integrate them with each other right and i it's kind of like the bruce lee thing you know mm-hmm. you know he he was in one style and then he felt like you know he didn't want to be limited to just one style like he wanted to learn all the styles yeah. and and use what he was good jiu-jitsu right and he would use what was good and throw right. out what 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 wasn't you yeah. know that was that was his his thing one of his things and it was like that's kind of like what what I feel my style is like I want to use what is good and and even if it's not like if it's something like so totally far-fetched I want to see like man can we can we actually like put that in and do it so use it somehow yeah so So, like uh cheers man cheers bro this is what three yeah I think it's number three (laughs) so for, I guess there's trends, I guess, because for a while, everybody was trying to do that front kick. Well, like you, like you brought up, like, Lyoto Machida, and like, yeah, he was a, 
he was kind of a little trendsetter there for, for, for a second. I think he got two front kick knockouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, even Anderson Silva, you know, he did it. Uh, and I, I remember, like, like, not to toot my horn, but I remember mentally thinking before those happened, I was like, why, why don't guys throw front kicks like that right to the face? Like, the hands are so, like, open, like... You could easily land and then all of a sudden, boom, and boom, and boom. It's like, man, so, I love it. So love when, it. When, when you get those thoughts, right, and then you see it and it happen in real time, does that validate, like, okay, you know, I'm in the right, I'm in the right frame of mind. I know what's up. So that comes into maybe that confidence when you're getting ready, a fighter, you know, one of your fighters, you're getting ready and you, you trust those instincts, you know? Yeah. Um, I. I, it does validate, right? Because I'm like, oh, okay, now, yeah, there it is. You see, now it does work, yeah. right? Um, but not every fighter is the same. You know, I can't, I can't tell one fighter to to try this and do this, and their comfortability with it just isn't there. So you know, you got to go to something else. You can't, you can't expect every fighter to just be comfortable with with every single technique. Every fighter is different, um, and. It's like we were talking earlier, uh, I was saying like I'm real big on the word artist as far as when you say martial artist, um, I think everybody is different and everybody is, uh, has their own um, values as far as technique is concerned and things like that. So um, working around those things and making them better is, 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 a big, is a big thing with me. Yeah, dude. So, you know, you've, 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 you've been in this business a long time. Right. And uh, have you had any, I'm going to ask, man, have you had any crazy like stories, experiences, somebody you had to literally like purposely beat up at the gym or like, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, this guy's being stupid or, or, you know, like, or maybe uh, you had to kind of get somebody in, in check, you know, like. Because, I mean, again, you've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. So there has to be some experiences. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, I was I was kind of like one of Stacy's like, pit bulls, so to speak, right? <laughs> and not that I was a mean guy back then by any means. I was just, uh, you know, I was just very serious when it came to training. And, and once, I began, once I started fighting, I was very serious in doing it. And I remember one day <clears throat> we had a... Our gym on Louisiana had, uh, you know, one room in the front. Then you had like a, a, a door that led to the back, right? And in the back is where we had the, the, the our punching bags and we had our ring, our boxing ring. And I was back there and I was jumping rope. I was about to start working out. Stacy comes to the back and he's like, hey, um, I want you to spar with this guy. And uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, who is he? And uh, he was like... Uh, He's a he's a friend, or uh, my friend's uh, boyfriend, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, what are we gonna do?" And, and he goes, "Oh, I want you want you kickbox." I said, "All right." So then he brings him back, um, and start getting geared up, with gloves and everything, and uh, we start putting shin guards on, and and uh, the guy the guy find, uh, tells Stacy like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't want to you know do kicks. Let's just do boxing." And I said, oh, okay, we'll just do boxing, no big deal. So we get in there, and bell rings, and that guy comes charging at me and, like, grunting, like, rrr, rrr, like, trying to punch me hard. And I was like, 
okay so it's like that right <laughs> and so then i kind of i kind of stepped back and like he comes to like lunge and i just threw a one two like a jab cross right down the middle and i remember feeling my my cross like uh, the only way i can relate it is to like playing baseball and you hit the ball on the sweet spot and you almost don't feel anything and the yeah. ball just takes off <laughs> that's how it felt it felt like mush like i oh. just hit the sweet spot and i guess i just hit him right on the jaw and he just dropped straight down and that was it i threw it i only threw a jab cross <laughs> well come to find out i guess the guy was beating up on the girl the oh. girl came in and asked stacy to spar with him and he's like well, well no i'll let rudy spar with him that's when he came and got me and he told me afterwards like oh yeah that guy was beating up on his girl and and i wanted you to, to go hard with him and and i knew you would and so <laughs> so i did like, but then it, you know it just kind of yeah. things like that yeah, just, that was the first bully beat down yeah but there was no cameras i mean back then this was i mean this was 2000 exactly probably like 2000 exactly and yeah i mean it wasn't like camera phones there are now like i'm sure there'd be a lot of footage of me <laughs> bro that's you know man honestly that's what i say that i am grateful that we didn't have camera phones back then because i don't know if i'd be teaching man <laughs> i mean right. i really don't know yeah but like you know so over time like you know because we were talking earlier and you know the mindset that corpus used to be where you went to this school that was the only school you went to cross training and you said you kind of you kind of danced around cross training back in the day and uh, you know, compared to now, because there's a lot of people that go to your gym and they also go train at where I train jujitsu, and I think that's, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, do you still get that static from people, or do you still kind of? Do... I think I think there's still you know instructors that are out there that are, are aren't too keen on on cross training. Um, I don't know what their their reasons are or what, and I don't I don't I don't care to really speculate on why or why not but we definitely are open to cross training we love cross training and we go even when we go out of town we try to make friends out of town places and go to cross training uh, um but yeah back like you were like we were talking like you said we were talking earlier back when i started in 99 2000 i started at weapons at hand with stacy and and then a month later i actually started doing jujitsu with uh, uh Aurelio gallegos and and back then he was he was a blue belt. Well, in Corpus there was only blue belts in Corpus at yeah. that point, right? And so, but at that point, at that time, there was like cross training was like frowned upon. Like you yeah. just did not do that. Like you didn't do that. And I was doing it. And luckily for me, I had two instructors, Aurelio and, and, and Stacy, that they were open to it and they were okay with it. And uh, I, I feel like I, I kind of. Um, broke a little bit of a mold there. Uh, maybe maybe nobody else saw it, but I, I, I certainly knew what was going on. Yeah. As I was doing it, I started realizing, because I was still young in the game when I started mm -hmm. doing that. That was only a month into my training that I was like, okay, I'm at two different schools, but... Yeah. You know, six months later, I started to realize, like, oh, okay, oh, shit, like, not supposed to do that. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, dude, that, that, that's funny because I, you know, I, I started jujitsu back in the day, and, and at that time... It felt like kind of like the Warriors, the movie, yeah. where everybody just had their little click. Yeah. And, you know, I tell a lot of friends that train with me at, at Gracie Baja, I tell a lot of friends, I'm like, man, you don't even know that back in the day, it was like, dude, you had your click, you had your fight shirt, you had your team shirt, yeah. you wore it with pride and corpus, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I remember, uh, it's funny, but <laughs> I remember going to Golden Gloves 
and I was wearing a, a Paragon Jiu Jitsu shirt uh-huh. or a hoodie. That was my. I was wearing a Paragon Jiu Jitsu hoodie, and underneath I was wearing my Weapons at Hand shirt. And it was like, like I said, like it was just to me. I was like, I don't care, man. Like I'm, I'm doing my thing, but like I, I, I started. But I also it, at Golden Gloves, I was still an outcast because I was a martial artist doing boxing. So it's funny you say that, man. So so now you see a lot of big, a big fights coming on. Jake Paul's on the mix. What do you think about those kind of people that are coming up trying to get these big fights and they're they're fighting all these you know, older fighters or they're fighting and they're trying to get all this recognition. What do you think about all that? Or the, the, the direction that it's going? I mean, that's, I guess that just has a lot to do with our era, right? Like these younger cats and there's uh, YouTube and, and social media and all this stuff. And they're able to build uh, a fan base off of that. So, I mean, can't hate on it, right? No. You know, but even like Jake Paul, like the dude actually does train. He does. It's not like he's just like this random dude that just like, oh, I want to fight. And then he's like going and fighting and making all this money. I think the hate is that he didn't live like I call, like I said earlier, like, you know, boxing is known as the poor man's sport. It's because these poor kids, they start in these grungy gyms and yeah. have, you know, 100 fights of, you know, amateur fights before they even turn pro. And then, you know, they're making, you know, minimum uh, as far as uh, what a boxer is able to make at that point. And they have to work their way up, you know, to get where they're where they're at. Right. And then you have this guy like Jake Paul, like he just recently started training yeah. and he's making millions. And they, I think the hate is on that. But it's like. He just found his niche. He he found his niche. He you know he he actually does train. The dude got possesses some power. You know what I mean. And yeah. he's actually fighting. I so, think I think he's got a pretty tough fight coming up. Yeah. Uh, Hasim Rahman's uh, yeah. son. You know, yeah. so it might be. You know, so it should the, be his toughest fight. So and it's funny you talk about that because I was uh, I was listening to a podcast and they were saying that Jake Paul. Like they put stipulations in the contract that, you know, you can't, you you cut down to our weight because he's a welterweight, I believe, right? Jake Paul fights at welterweight. Yeah, I'm not sure what weight class, but so he and and that dude's son is a heavyweight, so he has to come down. But then he can't. There's like a some kind of clause where he can't go back up to for his full weight. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what I'm I talking mean, about? Um, but they, I think they even do that in, in I mean, just outside of this, you know, quote-unquote celebrity match, mm-hmm. um, they, they, I don't know which belt it is that they only allow you to cut so much weight and you have to have to be within a percentage, you know, going, when you're cutting your weight down to your fight weight, you have to be within a certain percentage. They don't let you, like, you know, guys like Arturo Gatti or Roberto Duran, they were cutting, like, 30 or 40 pounds to their weight class to yeah. fight, like, this the, the the organizational belt or whatever they're they're making it to a point where it's like a percentage you have to be within a percentage or else if you're too far over that then they're not going to let you cut the weight all the way down because you're not within a certain percentage of yeah. water weight or whatever it is as far as that's concerned i mean i think that just has to do with like i mean this guy is obviously heavier than him more technical than him having more experience and all that, I think it's just to keep him from uh, 
being so big that when he gets down to weight that he's going to balloon all the way back up. They want him to actually lose weight so that, that when he gets to his fight weight, then he's not going to be able to balloon way up to where he was at. They want him to actually diet and lose weight. Yeah. You know, and I then, think to a point to like lessen his strength. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, okay, so that and then they said that they picked him because his last fight, that guy got knocked out. So does that have anything to do with, like, does that have a factor in someone's mentality coming into their next fight when they're knocked out their previous fight? Because it's like, they said that that was a big, big reason why they picked that guy. That, yeah, he's a boxer, but his last fight, he was knocked out. So they're, I guess they're banking off that, that maybe his jaw's still weak, or maybe he just, you know what I mean? His... So does that have factory? I, I think maybe that's two sided. Like uh, okay. maybe it's like okay for Jake Paul or yeah, it's Jake Paul, right? Yeah. Uh, you know he's looking at it like okay, I like Logan Paul. Yeah. I, I mean I think they're both the same. It does like yeah. to me it doesn't. But one or the other, right? <laughs> they're I both YouTube like, stars. Yeah, both... but I, I feel like I feel I feel like Logan Paul is a little more respectful in a sense. Mm-hmm. Jake Paul likes to talk shit. Like, like I saw the the press conference with uh, Jake Paul and that and that gentleman. Uh, what was his name? The Hassan. Rockman. Rockman. Mm-hmm. And dude, that fool was tearing him up. Yeah. Tearing him up, bro. But you know, it's gotten to a point where like it's like people can talk and say things and post things on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and not worry about it because they're. They're not getting punched in the face for it, you know. Back back in the old school days, it was like if you say yeah. something, you better be ready to get get work for that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Up. And it it was it was common thing, but now it's like the whole Facebook and and Twitter and Instagram and camera phone era. It's like you can't just go around just beat somebody up. You yeah. somebody's gonna catch that on video, <laughs> and then you're gonna be in real trouble, right? So. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. So so how how how's everything coming up now? Like, uh, y'all have any big fights coming up? Anybody? Is there? Because I know that UFC has the content the contender series. There's a lot of little shows now. Uh, are you are you trying to push some guys that maybe can get that kind of exposure? Like, what is y'all's path for the next like couple of years? Well, yes. I mean, it's that's. I think that's always the the goal, right? But. <laughs> It's, it's so much easier said than done. So okay, you know? so so tell 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 me about because nobody really knows that that aspect. What did it take to get to that show, like to the UFC? Because you know Roger got there and and he did his thing. And do you have anybody that is knocking the door right now? Like what what is the aspect like? Because they say Dana White's kind of a dick, right? Like <laughs> I really don't know. I mean I I've. You know, shaking hands with him a few times. Actually, after Roger's last fight, he you know he came and he spoke to us. He spoke to Roger. I think I even have the whole like the whole that whole conversation on on, on video on my really? phone somewhere. Um, but you know he was he was a nice guy. But it's a I mean it is a business, and people can say he's he's a shithead. He uh, doesn't pay the fighters well or or whatever. But it's like I mean so. There's an argument about that, right? How, okay, so if you're going to pay the fighters really good, then you're going to start getting lazy fighters, 
what kind of mentality like, do you think that has any kind of validity validity what is the word validity uh, yeah do you think um, that has anything to it well or? i think i think that's why the ufc does their pay structure the way they do where they do a a, a, a fight uh you know show up the fight uh those purse rumbles, man, and then <laughs> and then they show and then there's a win a win bonus so you know coming in i, I don't i don't know i think the pay rate like when you first sign on is somewhere between 14 and 16,000, uh-huh. you know, to fight. But then if you win, you, you know, double that. So if it was 15 to fight, then you would win 15 and win $30,000. Yeah. But I, you know, I really, I feel like they do that because it's like you get 15,000, but it's like, you better show up and try to win this fight. And it's yeah. part of the entertainment part of their structure. Mm-hmm. And then they do these fight bonuses where it's like if you have a really good fight or performance or fight of the night, they give these $50,000 bonuses. And, man, that's, that's a lot of money, 50, 50 Gs, you know okay, what I mean? Just and, I mean, you remember Conor McGregor back when he was not Conor McGregor that he is now. Like, he was making, you know, pennies fighting in the UFC, and he was all about the 50,000, the 50 Gs, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's a, it's a big thing for these fighters that aren't making very much money um, fighting, but... Fighting UFC on, on when you first get in is not you're not able to pay bills like that. Like yeah. a lot of these guys still have to have jobs because once you get there, like yes, you're getting paid. Say your first fight thirty thousand, but more than likely these guys have managers. They take yeah. part of that money. Then you have coaches you got to pay. So and then, so for you, like so like look, you know you have all these fighters under your belt. You know you get a percentage. I would think right. Well, like. You know, the professional fighters, like, yes, we will get a little bit of a cut, right? Um, and I'll tell you, it's not very much. But, and especially with gas these these days, you know what I mean? Dude, I it probably pays for gas. Yeah. Like, that's literally what it pays for, a week's worth of gas. You know, it's not very much money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing this, it's, it's for the love of it, mm-hmm. you know. The only time I, I can really say that I actually made money was when... Uh, Roger, you know, fought in the UFC, but I mean, he was making quite a bit of money and I didn't even have to, you know, you know, kudos to him because, and that's why he's one of my brothers to this day and I'll do almost anything for him. Um, but, uh, he told me he was going to pay me this much and give me this much. And this is what, um, that he felt I deserved, And I didn't have to ask him for it. It was just, he knew that that's what I I was deserving for. And, you know, I made quite a bit of money. You know, and then, you know, when we find sponsorships or whatever for fighters, they, they break us off a little piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, it all, you know, that it all helps out. But, yeah. I mean, it's not something I can live off of. Yeah. Definitely not. You know, I mean, I have to literally have, like, a Conor McGregor on my staff or, or John Jones or one of these big-name guys or five of these, like, top ten contenders that are making fairly amount of, fairly good amount of money that are paying me a, a percentage or whatever that I can be like oh man I, yeah now I'm making money mm-hmm. you know but so with that said do you, do you have because uh, you have a lot of, of people coming up and you have a lot of people that you're training from the ground up and do you do you see potential in anybody that can get to that level I see potential in all of them yeah. every single one of them I, um, we have a guy right now I remember specifically I think it was it might have been his first fight uh, first amateur fight uh, Emmanuel Garcia and I was wrapping his hands and he was all 
you know, he asked me, he's like, did you think, like, when I joined, like, I could be a fighter? And I was like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I look at everybody and I think, like, you know, they can be a fighter. But I think I only think that because of where I came from. Like, I didn't go into the gym thinking, I want to be a fighter. It just turned out that I ended up being a fighter. Yeah, fighting. Right? And so that's why I say, like, I see potential in everybody that's in the gym. But they have to want it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when they do ask for it or they do actually get to that point, then things change. And they'll change in my coaching ability too for them because it's like, okay, now it's serious. And I might, sometimes I might make you cry and sometimes I might tell you something you don't want to hear, but that comes with how serious fighting actually is. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's. So. I ask this to to all my to all my guests, man. Have you ever experienced anything supernatural, paranormal, or something that makes you kind of question? You're like, I don't know. I think I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I know what you're saying, but I don't think that I've ever experienced that. Um, but I I will say um, that. It was, I think it was after, or I know it was after Roger's uh, UFC win. And yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, we we celebrated and everything like that. But it wasn't until I got home and I remember getting home and going to my bedroom. And I kind of just stood there and I took a deep breath and I just sat down on my bed and I laid back and then I started crying. And... I don't know, I, I have no idea why, but I think it was just like, man, like that was such a big weight lifted off of our shoulder. It was yeah. like, we got the first, we got this first win. And then also I started thinking about my dad cause he had passed away and like feeling like, man, I bet he's so proud of me oh, and all of that. So I don't, I don't think that it was supernatural or anything yeah. like that, but it was just like an elated feeling yeah. that it just made me like, <sighs> like this is this is it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Right? Yeah, hell yeah, and I know for sure, man. Your pops is looking down, and he he he's very proud of you. I mean, there's no reason yeah. to think anything other than that. But you know, it's it's it's. It's it's a, it's a crazy feeling, man, to know that you you've you've went to the pinnacle, man. You know, you're there, and you're still you're still building up these fighters, and you're still getting the, you know the job done. You got a lot of fighters that have a lot of fights coming up. Um, so, you know, with that said, like, where where can everybody catch you at? Where can they meet you at? Where can they get classes at? Um. If you meet me outside of the gym, I'm probably drinking rumplements and we're gonna have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you got me. You got me all chilling right yeah. now. But uh, so um, my gym, it's uh, Weapons and Mixed Martial Arts Academy. Um, you can find me there. Um, our phone number three six one nine three seven six nine eight three. We're at ninety nine twenty nine SPID uh, out in Flower Bluff in, in Corpus Christi. Um, you know, we have everything from jujitsu jitsu classes with Roger and Rice. We have our MMA program, which we actually consider our, our advanced program. Um, and Patrick Ibarra heads that up. 
And then our kickboxing program, I, I pretty much teach that along with our uh, assistant instructors. And then we have our kids program in both me and Roger and then other assistant instructors, we, we teach our kids program. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much where you, you can find me. That's, that, that is my job. That's what I do. And yeah. uh, I don't, I don't have a secondary job. <laughs> so, uh, you know, with boxing, you know, kind of in the, in the mainstream and, and jujitsu is kind of coming up in the, in the mainstream. The one thing, and cause kickboxing is real big in, in other countries, but for some reason, I guess it, it can't really get kicked off in, in, in like pro, pro, pro watching, like, you know, like watching it on, on TV, like UFC. It is now, in a sense, right, with Legacy, I believe, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, think, Ed, they, I think they dabbled in doing that, but right? there, there's, uh, I want to say it was Lions or something like that. It was there, like a mixed promotion, I, I remember. Yeah, well, Legacy did, like I said, they, they dabbled in, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it is weird how it, it, it's not as popular as I think it would be, because it's like, dude... Um, these guys are punching and kicking at each other. There's no takedowns involved. So the guys, the people that don't like the grappling part, it's like, why are you not yeah. keen on watching this? And I remember there's a lot of badass dudes, right? I remember, oh, there's several, but I remember being a kid and my dad watching kickboxing fights on ESPN. Yeah, like back in the day when I was a kid, and I remember him always telling me, oh, I, 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 I." rather watch this kickboxing stuff than the boxing stuff it's more exciting than this <laughs> but it just like you know just not to this day it's still not as popular so at least not here in the states yeah, and that's what i'm saying so what's the difference between because okay so there's muay thai mm-hmm. what, what's the difference between muay thai and kickboxing well so muay thai it's actual same, Muay Thai, right? well, no, uh, actual Muay Thai, you know, you're able to use the the elbows, you're able to use the knees. Oh, okay. Now, and I'm talking about sport-wise. Uh-huh. So you, if you're in a Muay Thai fight, you're able to use your elbows, you're able to use your knees. If you're in a kickboxing fight, you're not, uh, you're not necessarily allowed to use your elbows or a knee. Or oh, your knees. okay. So now, but now, but then they have different promotions like Glory where uh, they will allow you to throw knees. There's no elbows involved, but with the knees, you cannot clinch somebody. So you can't put somebody, put your hands behind somebody's head, hold, hold the clinch, and pull their head into your knee. But you can throw within a combination and throw a knee to their belly or whatever, and that's perfectly legal. Yeah. So the rules are kind of just set to um, allow the free flow of the fight happen. When you allow clinching, then you get into grappling, installing, and people holding, and now the action is stopped. But for Glory, they decided, okay, well, we're going to allow knees, but we're not going to allow you to clinch and hold. Ah, okay. So um, that's where they just kind of have meshed kickboxing with jujitsu. But the kickboxing uh, kicks were, are, were different than Muay Thai kicks, and that's where... Um, they had that, that fight that they say changed the, 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 the game as far as kickboxing and Muay Thai when uh, Rick Rufus, he fought uh, this Thai fighter uh-huh. and they, they allowed the leg kicks um, in that fight. In the first round, Rick Rufus was so quick and fast and had the spinning kicks and snap kicks and everything and he was working that, 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 that dude. And I think he even knocked him down with like a, a kick to punch combo or something like that. And then... Um, but the that 
Muay Thai fighter weathered the storm mm-hmm. and then the leg kick started happening and Rick Rufus wasn't used to the leg kicks and then he just chopped the, chopped chopped the tree down. down chopped the tree down you know but you know it, it that that's why I say like there was so much good in this kickboxing style and how quick he was but there's so much good with the Muay Thai style and it's like you have to be able to mesh those you have to be able to find how you can make both of those work together and be even better yeah right yeah so, so I mean there was a little stint of, of time where people's legs were were breaking right they were checking kicks so is that do you think that comes from just the, the evolution of the sport like you know the people are just getting better getting kicking harder maybe or is it just lazy you know, being lazy. I think I, it, I think it has a because it happened to Vanderlei. It happened to. Uh, it happened to Anderson. I think is who you're. Oh my bad. Anderson. Yeah. Anderson. It, ha- it happened to Anderson, and it also happened to uh, the guy that he fought uh, to win the belt. I forgot yeah. that. Chris that, Whiteman. Yes. But it happened to a guy way before that. It was in the UFC, and, and he kind of had the stature of, of, of Anderson Silva where he was kind of tall and lanky. So is that does that come from maybe like the, the style of block? Or? Well, it's, I think it has to do with, one, where you block, but two is where you kick with on your leg. Okay. Right? Um, and so a lot of the guys that, that I have in when I'm, when I'm first showing them, how to kick or not even first showing them like later on when they've learned how to kick then I start teaching them about where to kick on your shin and you necessarily don't want to kick on the lower part of your shin because if you look at your leg you have the lower part of your shin which is where your Achilles is at mm-hmm. coming all the way up to your knee and your calf is you know the balloon part well I describe that as a baseball bat you don't hold the baseball bat you don't hold the baseball bat at the barrel and you don't hit at, at the stem of the bat you yeah. hit with the barrel so that's where the strongest part of your shin is at where the barrel is so here to here is your barrel and then you have your stem down here which is the weakest part mm-hmm. right hmm. so at the weakest part is more than likely where they're going to get the break at right yeah because that's usually so, where it's at right yeah. yeah so where when i check a kick if i'm checking a kick i don't want to check with the lower part of my shin I want to check with the higher part of my shin, or even even my at my knee. Oh, okay. And uh, I remember I remember uh, my instructor Stacy that we would, we would call them destructions. So you know you would check and try to get them to hit at your knee, or if they're throwing body kicks, try to get them to hit right at the tip of your elbow. You know because hitting at that, and you're like, yeah, oh that, shit, that, 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 it's not gonna feel good, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. So, huh? So yeah, I mean I. I it, it has a lot to, and then conditioning, conditioning of your shins, and you know, in 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 they our gym, roll the, the stick they do that. that but we have a sandbag, and so we just kick the sandbag, kick the sandbag, oh. and condition your shins that way. And Stacy, man, oh my God, he's got like he's got like blades for shins, and and I like kicking those things are terrible, and getting kicked with them are even worse. Yeah. And Patrick has has shins like that too. Like they, it's just terrible getting kicked by them. So, and so these guys, so when we train in the gym, we train with shin guards, but man, take those shin guards off and then you get kicked with those <laughs> things, you know, like if you're not conditioning your shins, like it's going to hurt and it's yeah. probably going to break. Like when, when you actually get kicked with a full on kick coming at you. Yeah. Somebody like that really can kick. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I and so, anything. and then, you know, you have these bar warriors where they're like, oh, he should have just checked the kick. Dude. 
Let me kick you right now and you check the kick and tell so, me. <laughs> so do you have any funny stories about that? Or like, I'm more than not, you don't have to say that story, but I'm more than sure that, that you're at a bar, you're at a, you might, maybe someone's house, they might not know exactly what you do or what you're about. And they're just fucking ranting and you're just like, you're just staring at them like, shut the fuck up. I mean, I, I don't stare at them, but no, I just, well, you I just hear it. Yeah. And Norm... For the most part, normally I'm there with somebody that does actually know what's going on. And so we might give a little side eye and be like, dude, okay, dude, whatever. Like, oh, yeah. But I'm not going to, I'm definitely not the type to go out of my way to try to call somebody. Oh, no, of course not. That's not what I'm saying. Them, like, dude, you don't know. Like, yeah. just be quiet. Like, you're just being annoying. I'm yeah. not that type. Like, you know, whatever. Like, say have... what you want to say. Feel yeah. what you want to feel. But in my head, I am probably like, oh, you're just a like, moron. this guy. Have you ever had anybody uh, show up to your gym, maybe call? Because there, there was a thing for a little while where people would show up to gyms and call out the, the call out the, the teacher or they call out or they go in there and they pretend or they just want to try to fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that not not recently. Um, I, I haven't had that, especially not since I've owned this gym. But, you know, at the older gyms, when I was just a student, we would all, we would have guys that would come in and do that, yeah. that type of stuff. And uh I remember even a, a, a pro boxer came in one time and, and wanted to spar with Stacy and and the guy thought like his boxing was superior to Stacy's kickboxing and uh, the, <laughs> you're, the, you're, the, you're, the you're totally alienating a whole fucking part of your body. <laughs> well, so you know, uh, I I the the guy allowed Stacy to kick is what happened. And so the guy was just boxing, and he allowed Stacy to kick. So Stacy kicked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and okay, so I think you can figure out what the rest of the story went like. And you know, it's just, but that was such so back in the day that you know it was so I think one good kick, right? Yeah. So thing. it's so it's so it's so it was so it's so weird to think like that 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 would happen back then. But I think it still happens now. But I I haven't encountered that. Um, not not where we're at. I mean, maybe if we move into the city more, then we might encounter that a little more. But I think I think maybe because of the social media stuff, I think people are a little more smarter about what? about the way things are now. Yeah. That you're not just having these people that think that they can just handle up and do these type of things. Yeah. You know, I see. I, you know, I I see these these fights of these street fights of guys that look like tough guys. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it even now, like just in like at the bars or whatever, and they get in fights, and it's like, oh my god, you are such a sissy. I hate to say it, right? Like, okay, so like, it's funny, man, when 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 you see that, right? You see people talking shit, you know, at the bar or whatever, and then you watch the fight, and it, like you said, you're like, oh fuck, like they're swinging with their eyes closed, their heads ducked. They're just wailing. Like. Yeah, it's like like I was telling you earlier when I was trying to show you one of the punches, and I was saying, and I said, "This is your hammer, and this is your nail. You have to have the hammer behind the nail." Yeah. And then you have guys swinging with their elbows in and like hitting with open, <laughs> open knuckles and whatnot. It's like it's so, you know, manhood. Take your man card, bro. It's like <laughs> you're on video now. That's for life. You better start going to train and don't All ever right. fight like that again. See. So, so I think that maybe that could be a positive for, uh, for, for people that have this fucking mentality that they, that they could beat up everybody. And it's funny because 
like I have, you know, you have people that 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 you talk to. Oh, you do you do this, you do that. Oh well, I'm a street fighter. Oh God, like yeah. you know, and then and then you, I don't know how to explain it, but it's funny when I have a, I have friends that they're like, well, I'll roll with you. Okay, come on. And then you just see the holes in their game, and it's like you're not even trying. So it's the same for you. Like if you're you know sparring, even if you spar with me, I'm more than sure you're like, oh, this guy. <laughs> you know well, what I'm and, and you know that I think that's just comes with the experience and mm-hmm. kind of seeing a ton of it happen to to you and seeing the punches and seeing the kicks and dealing with guys like I told you that story earlier, dealing with somebody that's wild uh-huh. and grunting and wanting like being aggressive, but not understanding like dude i see everything you're trying to do to me like it's like slow motion and you don't get that slow motion feel, feeling until you have experience doing it for so long yeah so yeah you 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 get that sense right like even like i i i had a couple of buddies that you know we'll, we'll come roll and stuff and and i had a buddy that came and you know he he plays sports you know he does it at collegiate level so he's like, I train with elite athletes and this and this and that, right? And I'm like, dude, I'm a 39-year-old fucking teacher coach, yeah. you know? And uh, we start rolling, and you can tell he's, you know, he's... And he's strong as fuck, not going to lie. Strong motherfucker, he plays college ball. And, you know, I, I did my thing. I, 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 we call it cooking the steak. I'm sure you've heard that saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as soon as that I felt that steak was done, you know, I went and I did my thing. And he's like, he dude, he was distraught. He was like, How the fuck? He's like, How did you do that? I trained with you know, and I'm like, I just took it, bro. Like, like I'm not gonna beat you strength wise. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna wait and then when it, when it's ready, I'm gonna go. Same for you, I would think, right? Yeah, I mean, it just is just one of those things where you know these, like you said, they're they're athletes, and yeah, they might grab a hold of you or they might hit you fairly hard. But I mean, I've been hit hard already. You've dealt with people that are super strong. Just, I mean, imagine dealing with somebody that's super strong and has half of your capability. You're like, oh shit, okay, now I'm in for it. (laughs) This is going to be work. You might end up getting the better because of your experience, but from somebody stepping off the streets that's just a straight up athlete, like, yeah, you might be able to muscle me around for a little bit, but you're not going to finish me. And then, like you said, when it's time, when I'm done, when I'm done, like marinating and letting it sizzle and then I'm ready to eat. It's time to eat, and you know what I mean. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna get it. Like yeah. it's gonna happen. You're not gonna hold back. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't hold back. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm always one to say that fatigue can make a pussy of any man. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely uh, true. Yeah. So, well, we're gonna do another one or what? Another shot. Oh shit. Then we're gonna really talk about some stuff. All right, let's do it. We're gonna take the panties off. <laughs> So, let me ask you a question. What's up? When did when did you start start training? Uh, jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I was uh, I was I was twenty three. I was in a a relationship. What was his term? name? <laughs> Marcus. No, oh. that's my brother. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> no, 
uh, I was in a relationship, long term relationship. You know, girl in college. We were supposed to, you know, get married. We broke up. I was de- depressed, and my brother was actually the one that started training. And one day I was just there. I was watching King of Queens. <laughs> it was like four in the afternoon, watching King of Queens, and he goes, "Hey, he's a." Uh, I'm tired of you fucking sitting on the couch feeling sorry for yourself. He's like, come with me to jujitsu. I was like, jujitsu? What the fuck is that? He's like, he's like, just come. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, fine. So I go and uh, sounds like Marcus. That it did, right? Right. <laughs> uh, so I go and uh, and this dude is like 140 pounds soaking wet. And fucking, they go, you're going to roll with him. I'm all, with this little guy? Yeah. I'm going to beat him up. I was, I was, dude, I was pretty healthy at that time. I was like, <laughs> I was like 320. Yeah. And so we go and, and I'm, dude, I, I think a minute goes and I'm already huffing and puffing and the dude submits me and he submits me and then we go again. So in, in a matter of five minutes, he submitted me, I, I, I think probably like five times, like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and he wasn't even breathing hard. And I was like, what the fuck is this sport? I had no idea what it was. I didn't know about the Gracies, nothing. And then from that point on, man, I just started training. And it was really just to kind of get my mind off of the breakup. And yeah. then I started training. My brother was doing it. Um, I got, I got, I met Leo. Um, we started training. We started doing tournaments. Uh, pretty pretty consistent tournaments like you know we we're hitting the the, the valley a lot um, you know we would do that and then just stuck with it and you know 17 le- years later yeah now I'm a black belt yeah still with Leo I think uh, martial arts got into a good place uh, now um, for the most part uh, I think it could be better but you know, social media, I think, has a lot to do with uh, the way things are in this world. Mm-hmm. Not just martial arts, but just in the world in general. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Hey, man. Good talk, man. Thanks for thanks for being on the show, Michael. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, hey, man, I, I, I do feel uh, pretty good about this episode, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out. And getting me tired out in the garage. Yeah. And uh, I'm probably going to go check out one of your classes if yeah. you have something on Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, well, on Saturdays, the guy spars, so you can come in and get some work with Peter. Okay. I'm sure he'd be happy to kick you one or two times. Yeah, he, he'd probably <laughs> kick me once or twice, and then I'm going to tap. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really looking. I like well, to we, don't, we don't do tapping and, and, and striking. I like You're going to have to take a knee. <laughs> Yeah, you have to take it. No, I'll just wait till the bill. You literally have to bow down yeah. and be like, okay, that, time that, out. That's how it goes? Yeah, you take a knee. You say, okay. take a knee. I'll just circle then, the, I'll circle then, the and ring. Then, and then you start an eight, a ten count. <laughs> You're really putting it on me. Yeah. No, I think I'll just fucking circle. Yeah. I'll circle the ring. I, one story before we leave about yeah, taking a knee. Yeah. I uh, went to Rufus Sport. Right? Uh-huh. Rufus Sport is where uh, Duke Rufus, he's the head coach. So he's, he's a legend, legend fighter. Yeah, right. I was gonna say. And I mentioned Rick Rufus, which is his brother. And anyway, so at, we go up there, me and Elias, and uh, this is when Anthony Pettis, he's the UFC lightweight champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was hurt at the time, so he wasn't doing any kicking, but he was sparring. 
was he him and his brother asked me and Elias to go and spar and we spar with them right and I'm sparring with with, with Anthony or whatever and I'm moving around doing all this stuff and then uh, he hit me with the body shot and I was like oh my god and that's it's like an unwritten rule like I mean if you're hurt and you want them to stop you have to take a knee I had to take a knee I took a knee uh-huh. and who is counting in the background Anthony Pettis he's like one two as uh-huh. Eight, you got to get to eight, and then you got to stand up and then keep going. So he counted. He started doing the 10 count, counted to eight. I stood up, finished the round, but oh, my God, that body shot hurt. Yeah. It just hit me in the right spot, you know. It was one of those things. But, man, that dude is so smart as far as stand-up is concerned. Uh, and, yeah, like, he's not the champion anymore. He's kind of had, like, a bad a string of uh, losses or here and there. But, man, that dude is... He's good. He is very good. His brother's pretty good, too. Oh, dude, Sergio... And I remember going there and talking to some of the other guys, and they're like, "Oh, dude, Sergio's even better than, mm-hmm. than his brother." And dude, Sergio's the dude. That dude's awesome. Yeah. It, uh, he's a champ right now. He's actually a champ, but he's sitting out because he's hurt. He's hurt. But man, that, he did that, win. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's and I uh, think they're they're fighting for an interim title until Sergio comes back. But man, Sergio, that dude's a beast. And not only that. Like that dude is humble. That dude's <laughs> humble. He's cool as shit. He's he's an awesome dude. Another friend of mine over there, Emmanuel Sanchez. That dude is awesome. One of my really good friends. Um, one of our really good friends. He comes down here to Corpus. He was just here a couple months ago, actually. Yeah. He he stayed a couple weeks with me at the oh, house. And he taught classes at the gym and and you know helped out and uh, did some private lessons. But yeah, he, those guys and they're awesome. That's badass, dude. So. And. Uh, Oh shit! Now you, so Duke Rufus, you got me. You got me now. I'm like Duke Rufus. So y'all are affiliated with Duke Rufus. Yeah, right? we're affiliated with them. I, I I have my I have a black belt certificate under Duke Rufus, uh, the, the kickboxing organization. That has to that that reads credibility yeah. by itself. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think so. I would think so. I think so. Because um, Duke Rufus is. The, like you said, yeah. he's the guy. He's a man, and I, I remember going. I remember the first time going over there, and we trained. We had the class or whatever, and then after the class, it was kind of like a break in between. And uh, I was talking with him, and I felt like he was kind of like grilling me a little bit, to, I guess, or you know, like you talk to somebody brand new, and maybe they're they've been training a while, and maybe you'll ask them questions to see their level of like knowledge and I felt like that's what he was doing with me a little bit and I think I was answering everything like correctly not correctly but like I was knowledgeable yeah, I didn't know course. what I was talking about I did know he was asking about my favorite boxer my favorite MMA fighter my uh, why and why not and this and that and and, and uh, he was asking me about martial arts in general and all this and we were just having a full-on conversation and I think from there he just kind of like uh, took to me a little bit and was like kind of took me under his wing a little bit and so uh, did a couple of private lessons with him you know and initially before I went over there you know he had mentioned they mentioned the price how much it was going to be and I was down with it well after that he didn't even charge me he just did the private lessons with me and was like oh we're good we're good and I was like that's okay, badass okay that's cool <laughs> hey that's that's badass man yeah. but again guys I'm telling you now, go see this man at Weapons at Hand in, in Flower Bluff. Yeah. And uh, get yourself a good workout, man. This guy knows what he's talking about. I'm telling you straight up, from 
taking a, a baby class from him. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, man, this, he was being polite with me. But I'm going to go take a real class. I'm going to document it. And I'm letting you know now this is the real deal. Again, weapons in hand. This is my buddy right here. This is freaking... You, you, you have to take a class. I'm telling you now. Come take a class. Come learn some things. We even got cardio classes. You don't want to get punched and kicked in the face. You know, we can. We'll show you the right way of doing. You know, kickboxing and martial arts in general. But we we will show you the right way so that that way, if forever for for whatever reason, if you do decide you want to actually incorporate the contact, we have that for you. And you're you would have learned the the correct way already. And then from there, go on, take it wherever you want to take it. There it is, man. Uh, thank you, Rudy. Thank you. Thank you for coming out and and and, and speaking with me and speaking with 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 uh, everybody out here um, that listens to Political Bruce. To everybody, Devanias.